It's quite funny because the last time I let mum have my phone, I showed her a Facebook video. And before I knew it, she'd sent like three friend requests to people I didn't know. Because <laughs> she was just tapping buttons. And, and I was like, and I got all this, I've accepted your friend request. I thought, I don't know who this person is. Let's get ready to rumble. Hello and welcome to a special Netflix vs Cinema. Now, a couple of weeks ago, this film, Charlie's Angels, was released. And for some reason, this film, more than any other film that's been released this year, more than your Little Women's, more than your Bombshells, has made me want to actually sit down with somebody and have a real, real good conversation about gender politics in films. My name is Tosin and I am, well, usually based up in Coventry near the Midlands. I'm now based in Romford in Essex, speaking to you from my sister-in-law's bedroom. And um, joining me are Sharon on the Isle of Wight. Hello. And Holly, Hello. And Holly, a London correspondent in London. Oh, yeah. Where else? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> right. Now, okay. I was going to add in, I was going, because okay, we're talking about Charlie's Angels, and I was going to add in Superfan Nina so I could have my own very own triptych of super, you know, female, intrepid, world beating agents. But unfortunately, we only have That's two. That's us. <laughs> we only have two. And. <laughs> And I would like to thank the both of you for indulging me because I think it's fair to say I have pretty much bullied the both of you to go watch this film. Yes, it's not a film I would have chosen to see, I don't think. I probably wouldn't have seen it. Okay. I did want to see it, but I would probably, having struggled to see it, not have gone to see it 10 past 12 on a Friday night. Exactly. Okay, so, so, so Holly, can you just tell me, tell me after my badgering, what was your story of how you eventually got to see this film? So, been trying to find a way of seeing it. We'd been meaning to, but we'd had my my cinema buddy Steph and I had, had diary issues. So um, we looked for somewhere for it to be on, and basically stopped showing everywhere. I started frantically googling to find out where between the middle of last week and today I would be able to watch it. Um, established that up to and including, you know, going an hour or so's drive in each direction, that was fine. And uh, we established that the uh, view in Leicester Square was showing it only at 10 past 12 at night. So we booked ourselves in for it. Um, we met in town in a nice civilised hotel bar at uh, about 10 o'clock on Friday night. Had a couple of very nice drinks and then settled ourselves into a cinema with only four other people in there. Yeah. Um, it was one of the filthiest cinemas we've ever been to. Oh. Uh, there was sort of popcorn scattered everywhere. I mean, it was late. And it turns out that they don't serve alcohol after midnight. So we had to be in Leicester Square in a very unpleasant cinema without a drink. We were distressed, as you could imagine, which then meant, of course, after the film, that we were the only sober people in McDonald's in Leicester Square, which was a fascinating experience, I think we can safely say. OK, all right. All right. As I have already told you, your sacrifice is appreciated. Excellent. <laughs> your service or your sacrifice is appreciated. And, and Sharon, so, yeah, I had to badger you to watch this as well, right? Because uh, once I watched that, once I came out of the film, I was like, I need to talk to women about this. I've never been more aware of the fact that I'm a man when reviewing a film. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I just, well, it happened to be the week it was released because, you know, you mentioned it and I said, well, I wasn't really planning on watching it, but I happened to have that w a quieter week. Um, so, yeah, I just strolled down... Um, <clears throat> one afternoon oh, okay. and watched it all, all right so now let can we start as a benefit being self-employed when it rains when it rains i have a day off all right and all right. it's done nothing but rain for the last month so i've had quite a few days off <laughs> okay cool it, well it's it, it, it's helped us out we've had more things to talk about or right, but, but can we start there because this is a film that has not done very well at either the american box office or as you can tell the british box office seen as a couple of weeks after it's been released, Holly, the only place you could find it was in a filthy cinema in Leicester Square at ten past midnight. To to watch. exactly, yeah, it's 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 fair to say it has limped out of cinemas. So, but um, I want to start with uh Sharon. So Sharon, um, with that, why would why were you not particularly up for watching this? 
I don't know if it is of the baggage that comes with it because it's a we all know the Charlie's Lane Angels legacy mm-hmm. and in the past it's been a bit of like a novelty act hasn't it it's been like oh look a dog that walks on its back legs it's like hey look it's women doing manly things like fighting crime and kicking people and so that's the perception you have so to me I was thinking yeah not interested if I you know I don't need to sort of, you know watch a film that's like sold as hey look it's girls doing it for themselves when you know I worked for nearly 30 years in the police force and there were, I worked with women the whole time <laughs> women have been fighting crime for decades yeah. <laughs> without having people to do it or you know have blow dried hair and so you know I don't to me it, it if it's a novelty, it's there's nothing novel about it. Because you because you remember when the TV show was around. Yes. Okay. And uh, and was that that was that the kind of thing you got from the TV show? Yeah, it was. Yeah, like, like hey, like I'm, I can be glamorous and fight and fight crime and hey, look, I can drive a fast car. And you think <laughs> really that's your selling point, is it? And so to me, I didn't I didn't buy into that whole you know that I did this didn't buy into the package really uh, all right it's not something I'd rather in the 70s you know if, if we had a choice between Chinese Angels and Starskin Hutch I would have watched Starskin Hutch and in my house we all would have watched Starskin Hutch it's so and then in the 90s when it came out I thought you know I was so not into girl power in any of its incarnations and so when it came to the cinemas I was just like no thank you and so now in this sort of like post-feminist Charlie's Angels I'm still not interested <laughs> in what you're trying to sell me. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so, uh, not really a, a thing that I bought into. Oh, okay. Cool. I find that I find that fascinating. I find it absolutely fascinating. Uh, all right, and uh, and Holly, you said that you were definitely wanting to watch this, but um, yeah, yeah. I I I def- I wanted to see it because we'd seen the trailers and thought it looked like it was going to be a lot of fun. Okay. And and in general, it's Elizabeth Banks, and my views are usually that I like what Elizabeth Banks does with films. Yep. So I so I was walking in feeling you know, a positive about the idea of it. I liked the cast. Um, it, yeah, it looked, it looked like it was going to be a fun film. I wasn't expecting profundity, uh, but it, it, it felt like it was going to be an enjoyable watch. And I know exactly what you mean about um, sort of the, the historical uh, gender stereotypes. Uh, excuse me, just a second, Max, stop trying to eat my Christmas presents. Um, <laughs> Cats are participating. Um, I it looked like to me like it was going to be much less than the original. You know, this is this is going to be a film about scantily clad women running around. You know, fighting crime as a, as a novelty act. Um, it fe- didn't feel in the same way as it always felt the original series had been made as a series for about women for men yeah if that makes sense yeah it makes a lot it make, uh, i think I, I agree with you totally yeah yeah so uh, so okay so with this right um and we will talk about the film in a second but i do feel like this film is highlighting a sort of like a bigger thing i mean ever since the me too movement started and i mean nowadays we're getting a lot more films a lot more high profile films which are directed by women which is a good thing because for me i say as a man it's sort of like it's like uh, we, on the on the podcast we talk about sometimes being g- given access to a world we know nothing about through film, and I feel like that is when you start having like a woman's point of view in it that that does that for me. But um, so uh, hang on, what we're we just talking about we're talking about the film we're talking about yeah. So this film okay we had this happen with Booksmart and we've had it happen with Charlie's Angels where the filmmaker has come out afterwards and complained that people have not gone to see the film because of sexism um now and if you can if you can and i want to have you guys here if you could just help me think through this because i'm thinking if they're saying they haven't gone to see this film because of sexism it sounds to me like they're complaining that men haven't gone to see the film because they're sexist and that's why the film has failed would that track oh it sounds like the complaint doesn't it yeah Mm. Yeah, sorry, Holly. What were you going to say? I was just going to say though, I I think that's that does sound like the fair definition, but I think it also leads into something a little bit more. It's not just men who haven't gone to see it. 
what it really says is that people haven't gone to see it and is the expectation that they haven't gone to see it because it's a film that they see being for women, a film that they see being about women, a film they say, see as being made by a woman. What does that... It's it's more than just men haven't been to see this film. Yeah, because it, <clears throat> because in my head, I'm thinking, all right, if no men went to see this film, but all women went to see this film, you would still have a hit on your hand. Yeah, yeah, so, so absolutely. What, so what they're saying is that is when they say because of sexism, they're pretty much in my head, and this is what it looks like, they're pretty much, they're not just accusing men of being sexist, they're accusing women of being sexist for not going to see the film as well. Yeah. So, what do you guys think about that? If somebody, it's, I mean, this is this is totally my interpretation that I'm thinking, but, so, essentially, you've made a film about, made by a woman, made about women, and women, are for some reason, are thinking, no, I'm not going to go see that. So what do you guys think about that? I think you've got an element of what, what sort of we both said earlier on about the 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 legacy of the original series. Okay. Um and that that it it came from a place of being uh trite and and say it's like a a series about women for men where yeah women are women you know it's, say it's you know it's a talking dog gosh yeah. isn't this isn't this isn't this novel and i think there's probably an element of that there's also that you and i have touched on around um advertising and how much it had been advertised and the fact that it actually seemed like it had been relatively low and i don't know if that ties into anything other than not having been very good advertising oh so you think like well possibly whether you had somebody who just didn't believe in it in the studio who went, yeah oh something like that yeah i don't know if they knew quite how to market it are they aiming this because it's obviously a younger demographic of the cast uh sort of scaled down appropriately so they're women in their 20s early 30s so whether they're aiming it at young women to say look you know this is a film for you this is your version of Fast and Furious because they made references to Fast and Furious in it, didn't they? Yeah, and they so did. they so where they're saying, look, the boys have got their film. This is for you to get behind this film. In which case, the marketing didn't work in that regard because when I was there, the people who were in the cinema with me—I know this is the Isle of Wight we're talking about here—but it wasn't a <laughs> it wasn't a teen-heavy audience by any means. It was probably. Um, yeah, people who probably would have remembered the original film, maybe the 90s version, but it certainly wasn't a, a full of teens. So if it was aiming at saying to young women, look, we're making your version of Fast and Furious so that you can get behind this and enjoy it in that same way that maybe young men get behind Fast and Furious, because that's a film franchise that I've not gone anywhere near. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so whether that was aiming at it, but in that case, it did fail as, as in a marketing marketing, because that's not how I when I saw the trailer for it, because I hadn't even really seen the trailer until you mentioned it, Toast. Yeah. So I thought, I'll go and see the trailer. And because I hadn't really been aware of it, I was I knew it was coming, but it was in one of those ways that you're aware that winter is coming without you doing anything about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was not something I was, had any made any preparations for or um, thought, oh, I must put that in my film-going diary. Yeah. So... Yeah, I think in terms of marketing, it probably didn't succeed because, yeah, it wasn't. I had heard no buzz from anyone under the, you know, any from anyone <laughs> about this. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. Okay. So, so there's the possibility that the marketing wasn't working, but let's, okay. So that's before you get into the cinema. But once you've actually gotten into the cinema, once Tosin has called you up and gone, I need to talk to you about this film. Get to the cinema. Get me to a cinema now. <laughs> once Tosin has. So once Tosin has done that and you sit down in the cinema, how do you think they did once you were in the cinema? How do, what did you think about the film? Let's get on to that. Yeah, for that sort of action action film, you know, I was going to say a lads film, but it isn't really lads because it was lasses. But that sort of lads film, I thought, yeah, they did it well. It was fun. It was the shoot. They kept the pace up because when they start launching at car chases, that's where I sort of go... Oh, I wish I'd brought my book with me. Then I could have just <laughs> put my head torch on and read for five minutes. 
and then gone back into the film again after. But um, <coughs> unfortunately, I didn't have my head taught all book with me on that occasion. So I, but no, but then it sort of kept moving. So I thought as it moves quite well and it gets on with the story, there's a sort of plot in there and it did sort of keep me guessing. It's not one of those, because at the beginning I thought, are they really that going to be that obvious? Yeah, yeah <laughs> about, I know exactly what, yeah, about I, it. I thought yeah. exactly the and same thing. And then after a while, you're thinking, I actually know they're a bit cleverer than I gave them credit for. So, yeah, they are adding a few guesses and a few twists here. So, yeah, I find it an entertaining film, certainly entertaining. Um, yeah, so to me, it worked as a, as a as an action film, regardless of gender casting. I thought, yeah, it works. It's entertaining. It's got thrills, spills, and it keeps you guessing. So, yeah, that was a, a yes for me on that regard. All right. What did you think, Holly? Yeah, I would say very similar. I there was there was the odd moment in it where I thought, oh, this, this feels like it might be dragging a little bit, but um, the pace was good. Uh, I thought the cast were good, um, great, and it. I loved the way it came together at the end with a very Elizabeth Banks ending. Uh, <laughs> which I think is the best way of the best way of describing it. And I, I walked out with a huge smile on my face thinking I have just really enjoyed the film and but needed to get to the end of it to fully appreciate how much I had enjoyed it, if that makes mm. sense. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, all right, so uh, I have uh, I have questions uh, going going through that and everything, but uh, I think I agree with you. I actually think when it comes to a popcorn spy movie, I think it's one of the best recently. And I include the Mission Impossible ones in it because the last Mission Impossible, everybody raved about it and I still don't understand why. I didn't think it was that great. But... No, I, we left halfway through. <laughs> so essentially, if you gave me, if you said watch Mission Impossible Fallout or Charlie's Angels again, I would watch Charlie's Angels. But it's so it's so that's so what did you because when we did uh, and I think Sean agreed with me when we did the re, the review because at the time when we did the review on the on the actual podcast only Sean and I had seen the film Sharon hadn't seen it and um, yeah. So, yeah and I said I, I think I remember saying that in this film it makes it pretty much from the first scene it makes it clear that the bad guy in this film is not just some guy who has stolen something and is going to destroy the world but the bad guy is the patriarchy. The bad guy is the is the system that has put women down for so long. Like the fact that in the very first scene of the film, yeah, it's focused on Kristen Stewart's face, and she says directly to camera, "I think women can do anything." And and I I don't know for me personally, for I was kind of like watching, going, "Uh oh, all right, I see where we are. I see what's going on here." Uh, what did you guys think about that whole? Because I, I think I think Mark Kermode he refers to it as a very subversive action film, in that everything. It's, it seems like you're watching an action film, but you're actually watching something else. Like there's there's a there's a whole other layer to everything that's going on in there. What did you guys think about that? Yeah, I think that's a fair. I think that's a fair, a fair description. It it is. I think it is. Uh, it is that the the subversion. One point I think that associates with that is, as we discussed this after seeing the films, I become tangential mm -hmm. um that it's not as as films go as as films of the sort of charlie's angels franchise go it was not full of gratuitous shots, shots of, of scantily clad women gratuitous there were, shots of women's behind yeah <laughs> yes there, i mean there were some in there but you could see very much that they were being done to make a point yeah not it was it was for the it was for the plot not the amusement of the audience yeah um i felt quite strongly about that in fact um so i think it was it was the yeah i think subversive is probably a good choice of words actually for it yeah that you you think this is what you're going to get because you know what a Charlie Hinges film is, and then it's like, oh no 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 no, we're going to give you a tree tease on the way women have been treated for years, especially in cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Look at how it's going to be different now. Yeah, well, yes, yes, that that is that's a big thing. I mean, Sha, what did you think about that? About the whole sort of double layer thing of it's about them trying to stop the world being destroyed, but it's also about them trying to like you know. Um, fight against a system that puts women down. Yeah, I yes, I got that, and yes, in some degrees, I, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, it had that sort of it. You it sets up the usual trope, didn't it? And then it sort of 
turned it on its head in a number of cases with certain characters you introduce thinking oh I know what your role you're playing you're going to be this character and then they sort of flip it so yeah I understood that yeah they've got that that yeah they're trying to not reinvent it but like reclaim okay this sort of this sort of film where these traditional roles that women have played they're just yeah turning them and then the sub the secondary roles again sort of turning them a little bit so they're they're not just the the cut out shapes that you would be so familiar with in sort of like action cinema but yes i'm not sure if i all entirely buy into it but then i've never well it's 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 difficult isn't it to where you when you put your own we always bring our own thoughts and we every film we see we we put our own experiences on it and our own opinions on it mm-hmm. and so I've, I've my sort of opinion on having grown up in a sort of male household having worked in a completely male environment and now I'm working in a male environment now I've always had a different view on these things of what are gender roles because I've never really bought into them at all <laughs> so for me when they say oh look, hey women do this it's like oh yeah what's the point you're making <laughs> if you're trying to make that as a point to me that's set that is the sexist bit by even having to say that because it's just like well yeah you're why are you staying in the office what's why do you need to go out of your way to state something that is blindingly obvious i don't need to be told that when i've lived it you know so that's how what the sort of opinion i bring to it so i always find that i have i have sort of yeah i'm i've yeah, I'm thinking, well, you're telling me something that's is blindingly obvious. So <laughs> oh. that's where I always come from in these films that are aimed at women. I'm thinking, uh, all yeah, right. what's the point you're making? Uh, okay, cool. I, all right. I have a couple of questions then in that case. I mean, generally speaking, with this whole thing about um, saying, oh, the film didn't do that well because of sexism and all that. Um, do you think, the both of you, do you think that should women go and watch a film, a woman film, a woman in inverted commas, so like with this, having women in a starring role or directed by a woman director or anything like that, should women go watch a woman film to help to help more women films get made? Uh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think women should see the films they want to see, regardless of who it's made for or by. I okay. think yes, I would totally encourage women to be involved in any aspect of filmmaking directing acting you know casting um i don't know what the non-traditional roles are camera crew um all of these other things i would say you know women should do what they what they would choose to do rather than what they're you know what they've been steered towards if if they're interested in directing then they should direct if they want to write they should write um i don't i think it's when they when people try to to shoehorn an agenda into it it's like well you can't make women do something isn't that the whole point mm. of having if you know, of this sort of post-feminist age that you know it's about what people want to do rather than you know telling them we're doing this for you so you need to support it it's like well no i will see the films i would choose to see because the story interests me because the film interests me because the cast interests me not because you you've made it for me and you expect me to support it mm. that is reverse sexism that's why i'm saying that you're a woman you need to support women it's like no i will support the best person for the job the best film and the best director regardless of gender or or agenda all right thank you very well Does that makes sense to you it makes ve- it makes sense to me it makes <laughs> sense to me but as i said i am very very aware of the fact that i am a man so i'm just gonna like okay cool yeah 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 yeah. i'll just ask the question and sit back and um <laughs> yeah, ho- yeah yeah and, 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 holly, holly what do you think um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm very much the same. I think I people should go to see films that they want to see. It shouldn't matter who's made them, um, but it there should be no more nor less attention given to films that are you know made by women. They they should receive equivalent advertising. Um, there probably is an element of needing to sort of us as society needing to think about um, whether or not we negatively view uh, films that have been yeah that are made by women for any reason. Okay. But I don't think there should be any sort of gender loyalty as to what one 
watches in order to encourage it happening more if that makes sense i think people should go and see them not yeah absolutely not 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 those in possession of uh, possession of two x chromosomes oh all right so with that okay so if you have so uh, does that change if when somebody points out the fact that you know hollywood is massively risk averse and hollywood is a business and so they think what do we know that works and so they keep doing that and if they take a risk like okay let's uh which well, which is which, unfortunately, is still seen as a risk. To we're going to make a film that is female-centered and is made by a woman and written by women and all that kind of stuff. And if they take a risk on that kind of film and it fails, they go, "Oh well, you see, we tried it, didn't work. Well, that that shows you we shouldn't really be making films by women. Um, so we're just going to go back to what the status quo was and give you the Fast and Furious 19." So it's oh, does does that change when you guys when you look at it that way? Does your thought change? Hmm. It's a tricky one, isn't it? Because the obvious answer should be, well, in that case, yes, I'll go and support the women. <laughs> but I still think they. But then the original answer should still, you know, I think still holds. And that if they make a good film, then people will go to see it, regardless of the team behind it. If it's marketed as this is a film by a woman, to me, that in itself is sort of playing into that sexist game, because it's saying, look, women are a novelty or supporting a woman director, that and the, only, the only way that she'll succeed is by you girls getting behind her. It should succeed on its own merits, surely. And if it's well made and well written, then people who like cinema will go to see it, um, not because of, of you know, who directed it, but you know, because it's a good piece of work. And I don't think that is about, um, yeah, but you say, it, but if it's, if it's a good piece of work, then it will be successful. And I'm just trying to think of, uh, well, not that, that doesn't always follow though, because we've seen excellent films that don't do well. Yeah, but, what, but if what they're a... marketed in the right way and they get out there, then and the word of mouth is good, then it will succeed. Yeah, you know, like... without having to draw in to say, like, come on, girls, get behind our this, you know, women director, because you know, without you, it's not going to work. It's like, well, no, it'll work because she's she's good at what she does. Yeah, because one of the one of the most uh, sorry, you guys are raising so many points. I'm struggling to actually grab a hold of one to, to follow. But it's <laughs> but it's but one of the most um, sort of stark examples of what you were just saying was the Shawshank Redemption, which bombed in the cinemas on its original release. People like nobody went to see mm. that film, and it was only later in the like later on, like through repeat viewings and home video, that people were like, "Oh my god, this is an amazing film!" And it's sort of like so. It's not always the case that if you make a great film, people will watch it. So and because it's it's this sort of weird business that I think, like as William Goldman wrote, he says, "Like nobody knows anything in Hollywood." It's like it's the kind it's the case of the films need as much help as possible. Mm. to find an audience to begin with and uh, and i follow uh, uh, okay because for instance i'm i'm black i mean i've mentioned this before because i think that there is some sort of similarities between what you're ex essentially what anybody who is not a white male in hollywood has to sort of like experience which so when they finally do give like you know a black person uh some money to go make a film there is usually an opera of a whole bunch of people going guys we've got a black film let's go see it come on organize 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 we'll get you a bus many buses of people go watch this film because if not they're <laughs> not gonna give us another one <laughs> and, and I, know, I know there's certain aspects of that and i I've, i'm kind of like you I, I kind of say well quite frankly is it any good is it a, is it a subject that interests me anything well i still at the same time i do still still see the okay yeah but we need the, but if i understand the fact that hollywood will say well, when we did it differently, nobody went to watch it. So we're just going to keep doing the same way we do it because all people want to see is like, you know, strong white male action heroes. So, <laughs> mm. Do you think this will change with, as we've got, as the name of our podcast says, you know, Netflix versus cinema. Do you think the, the, the Netflix film um, incursion will make a difference on that where it isn't going to be marketed on the basis of the gender of the director or the... The, the how the the cast is sort of skewed one way or another by sort of ethnicity or sort of gender that it will sort of level the level the playing field a bit more because people get given money because they know on Netflix to a certain degree because of the, of the money available by their subscription service that they're pretty much on a winner with nearly any film they make 
I think, yeah, I think because there's a lot of companies that come out and use the word disruptive and try and respect. And I'm sure, Holly, in in the in your business and stuff, you hear people who come up and are always trying to dis- describe themselves as being disruptive. And Oh, Lord, yes. <laughs> yeah, and, and they try and, not, and sometimes I think not really knowing what that word means. But I feel Netflix is truly disruptive in pretty much every sense of the word because I... When you look on there, right, I look at it and I've started seeing, even just last night I was going through it and I was seeing like there's loads more Nigerian films being on, just going on Netflix because Netflix is throwing money at these things because a lot of the traditional concerns of Hollywood studios, Netflix doesn't care about. Netflix doesn't, yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, we're going to have to, we're going to have to go do like this massive um, advertising campaign to make sure that people watch this film. Netflix is like, yeah, we don't care. We know what people are watching anyway. And all we know is that if they watch this kind of film, we'll just recommend this kind of film to them. They're probably likely to watch it. So, <laughs> so, yeah. So it's, yeah, I do think Netflix will change it because Netflix will just go all those films that Hollywood for years has been reticent to make. Netflix is like, yeah, we'll try it. We've got the data. We know if it works or not. We know if it's for us or not. So I do think it will change. And I think um, Hollywood will scramble. It's the same way how in the 70s, it sort of changed where people were making, like, you know, or well, 60s, 70s, when they made Easy Rider. Yeah, so the independent mm. film suddenly became, became the king of Hollywood, yeah, didn't it? It became box office. And, all, and, mm. and then Hollywood studios started scrambling like crazy to try and find their own independent film and how to sort of replicate the success of Easy Rider because obviously that was something that they would have thought would never have worked beforehand and all of a sudden it did and then they're like oh sheesh good lord quick we need some of that and I feel like yeah Netflix might change it that way so I mean the the good thing is that you know even though this film hasn't worked um financially at the moment um Elizabeth Banks has already been touted for another big job which is a um, which is a bit of a change because you have people like uh, Patty Jenkins. Patty Jenkins directed Monster, which was the film. Okay. Which is mm. the film that yeah Charlize Theron won a uh, uh, won an um, an Oscar for. And even though the film won an Oscar, it was not particularly a financial hit. And Patty Jenkins did not direct another film that I can think of until Wonder Woman, which is which is. I think it's a big gap. Yeah, it's it's I think Mm. it's I think it's about a decade. About she did not (laughs) direct another film because we were like, Well, you made a film about a woman protagonist and it was directed by a woman and and it didn't make that much money, so yeah, you just go. Maybe we'll give you a TV job somewhere, you could direct a couple of episodes or something. But um the fact that Elizabeth Banks has directed Charlie's Angels didn't do well financially, but already she is being on she's been brought on board to they're talking about the invisible woman. It suggests that things might be changing because I can imagine that what would have happened is if the studio hadn't given her a job, Netflix would have snapped somebody's arm off to get Elizabeth Banks on something. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. So uh, any any other thoughts on anything surrounding that? Because as I said, I, I can go on for ages because I find this whole thing fascinating. <laughs> um, no. Holly? I don't think so. I mean, like, there probably are a million and one <laughs> things in my head about it. It is, I, it is, it, you say, what does, what does it mean in the wider context? I think it is, it is hugely interesting about people having voices and what it, and what it means. And it's, it's quite frustrating that we're still in a position where, where we're having to, discuss the um the the gender of the person who creates who produces a film or directs a film or writes a film um and that it becomes that there is still a point where it's a it there's a novelty that it's a woman that there's a novelty that it's a black director this is clearly ridiculous because how often do we actually talk about or note the the race or sex of a director in general, it only becomes a point of comment when it's not a white man. Okay. Yeah. And that's yeah. a bit frustrating. Yeah, that is, yeah, that is, I think, the thing that struck me the most when we were we had this conversation was the fact that we're still having this conversation. Well, I mean, yeah. that I went to school in the 70s and 80s, so my teens were in the 1980s. And so I remember having a lesson at school and they, we had to name a job that we thought was sort of male job or female job because we knew that they were going to get to the point where they said, well, actually, 
girls, you can do anything you want. And we knew that before we even went into the conversation. So we sort of like humoured the teacher. And I think in some ways I still feel like I'm humouring the teacher now by saying, oh, yes, it's women can do anything they want. It's like, well, yes, we know. (laughs) So the fact that we're still having this conversation is, is that's come to me is more, is more telling of our age than the fact that women are directing films for women, about women, you know, in this competitive male environment. The fact that that was literally the first line of this film. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that was literally the first line of this film is I believe women can do anything they want. Okay. So personally, um, when you talk about this, because this is something I've thought about, and I've thought, um, things don't happen in a vacuum. So film doesn't happen in a vacuum. Film ends up being a reflection of society. And for a long time, the sort of language of film and the way things were made, it was determined by the people who were making the film. Majority of who were white males who were making these mm. films. So when if, you, if you're going to shoot a film and it was going to be about... Like, I think one of the big things and one of the things where I feel, not in a negative way, it is point is worth pointing out the fact that, okay, no, women are making films, is because I saw Hustlers. And um, when, I, when we spoke about Hustlers on the, on the show, I spoke about the scene in which Jennifer Lawrence makes her entrance as Ramona. And I remember watching that film and going, I am so glad a woman directed this film. If a man directed this film, this this scene would be sleazy. This film, this scene would be horrible. <laughs> but but that scene, the scene where she comes in, even though she's like she's in a strip club and everything, I think it's a masterpiece the way the scene is put together. And I was reading something by the director Lorraine Scafaria the other day. Is it Lorraine? Lorraine Scafaria? I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to do another one where I apologize about pronouncing somebody's name. But um, but she said that she's they saw when Jennifer Lopez did the dance number that she did and they went, okay, how do we film this like the stunt that it is? And I think that, that, is, that that's the fact that she sees a woman do something and she goes, this is a stunt. We need to film it like a stunt. And I was really, really glad to read that because I've said, when I, when I saw that scene, I said, this is a bit like when Tom Cruise does his own stunts and they film it in such a way to make you know that that is Tom Cruise doing it. The way they filmed it, they filmed mm. such a way to say, this is Jennifer Lo- Jennifer Lopez doing this. And it wasn't about, oh, oh my God, look at her. Oh, she's hardly wearing anything. Oh my God, oh, isn't she hot? It wasn't about that. It was about, look what she's doing. That is just impressive. And I think the fact that it was directed by a woman played a lot into that. And it's, it's sort of like, so I still feel like, I feel like because for so long we've been given stuff that has been shaped by white males. And I think we're getting to a point where we're beginning to see Ooh, there's a whole new area of cinema that could come about when a woman directs a film, when a wo- the kind of things that she'll focus on. And personally, I'm all for it. And I and I, I agree with, I know what you guys are saying about, oh, we should just go from the point where we're talking about the gender of the film. But I feel like it's been ignored for so long that there's such a huge area that we have been denied as cinephiles for so long that it is mm. worth it is worth it saying mm. let's see what happens when we get a woman to do a James Bond type film what do we focus on <laughs> the, uh, not that I'm mm. saying that woman should direct James Bond just for the heck of it because that could turn out really badly but I'm thinking like but that that kind of thing is like we've been the spy movie for instance we've been told this is what it is for so long what happens when, mm. we, let, when we let a woman get down and dirty with that but anyway Anyway, well, so- the one just on the spy thing, I'll just say that reminds me of Salt, yes. which, uh, which, if memory serves me correctly, was actually written for with uh, Tom Cruise in mind yeah, it was for the main one- character that was played by Angelina Jolie. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to see that these things can be turned on their heads yeah, with yeah. greater ease than we often remember. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I remember a lot. I've got a few Whoopi Goldberg films back in the day. Um, they often would, it would be a role that could be in man or woman, um, regardless of ethnicity. And they would say, actually, you know, if Whoopi did it, it would make it, it sort of elevates the whole thing. So I think some of her roles that she was best known for in the time were not necessarily written for a black woman to play. They were just, you know, good roles and she happened to be the best one to do it. Yeah, Job and Jack Flash comes to mind. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Although Sister Act would have been really, really interesting if he had Tom Cruise in it. With a bloke in it. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking that might be a little harder. Not unachievable. 
I really want to see this film now. <laughs> when somebody makes it, we will be there. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm getting a bit of a. That's nun- what we'll turn out for. I'm, I'm getting like a nuns on the run slash like a some like a hot vibe. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, that could definitely work. All right, okay, cool. So, okay, let's get back to this film. Get back to Charlie's Angels. Quick thing. Um, I'm, I'm springing this on you. I don't think you guys have thought about this. What was your favorite favorite scene in the film? It was the end, last one. La- the last scene. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. We, we were... possibly followed up slightly by the obligatory uh, bits in the credits. Okay. All right. The oh oh. When you said the last scene, I think I thought you were talking about. Okay, we're going to get spoilerific in a second, but don't worry. If you haven't seen the film, we will give it. We'll give it. So because I need to figure out what because when you say I thought the obligatory bits in the credits were the last scene. But never mind. Anyway, mm, yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Well, yes. Yeah, no, okay. We'll return to this. We'll, we'll return to this. Sharon, how about you? Um, well, playing against. Uh, well, actually, I quite like the bits with um, Patrick Stewart in. Oh yeah. Because I think he had, it, it felt like he was having a ball doing it, <laughs> and so it just felt like yeah, he was having fun. That always communicates itself. I think when the when the actor is enjoying what they're doing. So oh. I did think. That, that sort of montage, the Charlie's Angels montage. Oh, yes. With his different yes. sort of hair pieces. thought that was particularly <laughs> uh, funny. Yes, I did. I did and it's also the young that. Patrick Stewart, the matinee idol sort of picture yeah. was, was, was fun. So, yeah, and I did think actually the dynamic worked quite well um, with the... Within the three yeah, angels. Yeah, with the, the three angels, yeah. yeah. yeah actually and well. again, Kirsten Stewart, I wasn't... We all we we tend to always permanently associate Kirsten Stewart with slightly doer characters, don't we? She's yeah. never very jolly. Yeah, and well, so she'll, she'll never was... escape Twilight. No, no. And even though Bella herself, she was a bit doer, more doer than Bella than the books was. But even mm. so, yeah, she played it as a in a particular downer. She was always in a bit of a bad mood, wasn't she? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I think that sort of communicated itself to a lot of her other films she's done, where she just seems to be in a bad mood when she made it. <laughs> All right, but this one she is sort of nice to see a happy Kirsten Stewart. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, th- I thought the dynamic actually worked quite well. I thought that they gave everybody something to do. Um, I know that there's a scene where Naomi Scott's character stands up and goes, "I want to go. I want to be. Don't put me on the sidelines." And I thought I was watching that going, "This is this is a comment on what that kind of character usually does." Like the yes, because the Naomi Scott character you mentioned Fast and the Furious earlier. Natalie Emmanuel. Yep. She plays a very similar character who comes into the Fast and Furious franchise. I think round about Fast and Furious 7, she plays a very similar character and she pretty much does get put onto the sidelines. And I feel like it was almost kind of Holly, like you were saying about the um the whole Elizabeth Banks kind of thing. I think it's almost kind of like a pointed thing about films like that where Naomi Scott is like, you know, she is the she's the clever clogs. And she's like, I don't want to be on the sidelines and everything like that. And the response that was said by Elizabeth Banks stuff was like, why do you even think you're in this meeting? But I, I, I thought that they gave each one of them a distinct character and they gave them something to actually play with. Uh, so, Holly. Holly? Yes. Yeah, Holly. Yes. Oh, so can you tell me... Oh, okay, let's... We're going to get spoilerific here. So if you haven't seen the film, go find it somewhere at Leicester Square at midnight then come back and listen to this bit so when you say the final scene and you talk about the bits in the credits talk to me about the final scene so well there's the there's the two bits to the final scene there is the the, the point where everybody um, everybody gets taken down um, and suddenly everybody has been knocked out by the magic knocking out stickers okay yes and yes, you've yes. Got all of the and there, there you have all of the all of the angels from all around the world they're helping it's it's reminiscent in elizabeth Banks' style of the end of um pitch perfect 2. yep um that's that sort of bringing bringing everything everyone together so all the women, and it had a, it gave, all the yeah it gave together. me a bit of a warm fuzzy glow okay. um, and then and then how it followed on into the um into the sort of the interjections in the um in the credits that was you know continuing to build on that the the um the, the the growing capability that everybody being part of this. Well, the, or, well, um, well yeah, you say you say everybody. I, I would say more pointedly, every woman. Yes, yes. <laughs> that it's 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 every woman being part of this. So yeah, well, so the 
you talk about the final scene where they talk about the fact that essentially all the women who are around because all these men have been running around waving their guns and all the women have been around in in roles that um that are pretty much invisible yes yeah and i and I, I think that was one of those points where i was i was watching the film and i was kind of like and i'm glad you said that you that well to paraphrase what you said you felt like punching the air when you saw that oh uh, yeah yeah because i saw that and i was kind of like i don't know is that punch the air or is that mega cheesy i i, I don't know <laughs> I, I, don't really... I, th- I think it was both <laughs> i think it can be both yeah oh yeah carry on i think that's i think that's that's it is that you can say this is simultaneously really cheesy but it brings all of that together the fact that nobody has noticed who they are yeah um it's just it's they have just they they have blended into the background and then achieved exactly what that if we go back to the very start where um Kristen Stewart in you know very very few few clothes is, is twirling around the place and then observes says no I'm I'm the distraction yeah yeah um, and it's it's this sort of smoke and mirrors that's clearly been been going on where you've got the you know the flashy look at me look at me bits yeah offset with the you haven't noticed what's actually going on yeah sort of smoke and mirrors yeah. sleight of hand you you've been ignoring us because we're women but hi I guess what boom exactly <laughs> okay all right cool yeah i get and then you talk about the end the sort of like end chris credit thing where they have this they have this whole thing about um charlie's angels and they talk about because the whole idea is that naomi scott is now going into her training to become a full-blown charlie's angel to become a full-blown angel rather for the townsend agency and you and the idea is that she's being trained by all these people and there's there's some cameos in there like the first person she meets is actually one of the original angels from the tv show yes yeah that oh. was brilliant i okay. really okay. like that okay, cool. that yeah okay i had to go look it up i was like who was that woman <laughs> so, yeah. essentially okay this might be a bad thing but that was jacqueline smith wasn't it yeah yeah it was mm, yes yeah, but okay, so I might, uh, this might be bad for me, but I had to, you know, so they have this se- sequence where she's getting trained and you see her go through all the training. And so she's learning how to drive a car, but the person who she's learning, and the way it's shot, you can tell that these people are supposed to be well known. So the way it's shot, oh, hang on. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Uh, uh, put me on mute for a sec. Hello? <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, she's put us on mute. Oh. So no, Holly, I don't yep. think we're on mute oh. yet. Holly, I think we, I think we can still hear you. Oh, <laughs> oh. I got. Okay, cool. Now we're muted. Yeah. So the uh, uh, yeah, because the way it's shot, you can tell that these people are supposed to be well known. And I had to go away, and most of them I had to look up. I mean, I think about the only person I noticed was Haley Steinfeld. So the idea is that she goes through. Yes, all this... I recognised her. I didn't know the others though. I knew Jacqueline Smith and Haley Steinfeld, but. Whether obviously there are others who oh. I, I probably didn't register oh. that as either. I re- I re- recognize I recognize Lorraine. What's her name? She's in Orange Is the New Black. I can't remember her, but yeah, I recognized her because she was the weapons. Yes. She was the weapons instructor. Um. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so the whole idea is that they they see her and then she goes and she meets Jacqueline Smith. And then she goes and she's learning how to drive a car really quick. And the person who is being who is uh, doing her, her driving instructor is Danica Patrick, who is a NASCAR driver and is well known for being a woman in a man's world. Then she goes uh, into okay. yeah. Then she goes into the uh, weapons um, weapons training, and the weapons training uh, person is I cannot remember her name. But she's well known for being Orange is the New Black, and she's known as being a trans um, actress or actor. Um, okay. Yeah. I will look up her name. Yeah, I cannot remember her name. Um, and then it's um, and then you have a bit where she's where she has to jump off a train, and you have all these different people. And the way it's shot, it's supposed to be like a big revelation that oh my god, these people are going to be angels as well. And there's even the line that Ursula Banks says where she says Ruth Bader Ginsburg was an angel. And, yes. And Haley Steinfeld was like, what? <laughs> she was an angel. And so, yeah, and, and so trying to do this whole I idea that. that that all these kick-ass women throughout history have actually been part of this Charlie's Angel thing. And so, and it's not so much, and I think it's so, it's it's sort of like re, recasting Charlie's Angels as a group that throughout history has been fighting to improve the lot of women, so to say. I think that's that's probably the best way of it being, of that's that's how they, they try and recast it. And also they come up with a big revelation, which I saw coming from a mile off, that the fact that you never see Charlie, 
you only ever hear his voice through a speaker or anything like that that charlie himself is actually a woman yes i like that <laughs> yeah so and so and these are all things that when they were when i was watching them i was like ooh, 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 i'm not sure if that's good or uh, it's, i'm not sure if that's good bad or if i'm just a man I, <laughs> i'm really no really... i had the similar sort of ambiguity about it i was thinking yeah i can see the point you're making but yeah to me it's yeah i yeah. <laughs> wasn't that bothered about that because i was thinking you are you underestimating are you, are you undermining the achievements that some of these women in the past have made that they actually did it on their own they didn't have a leg up from this mega corporation they did it by their own sheer determination and term, you know guts rather than because they were part of this you know this well, this billionaire behind them was giving them a leg up with it like no they did it because they were darn hard terms to it um, but I did I think I did like the nod though to say that you know that these have been um, amazing women there, there, there could be an angel hidden behind uh, uh, the, the most in you know innocuous face as yeah. it were Oh, so so Holly, tell us about your reaction to this montage of all these women taking Naomi Scott through her training. I really, I really liked it. I liked the fact that it pulled in people that that you knew, that it brought people from yeah different different places within the within the franchise. Um, I loved the RBG bit. That <laughs> brought me a great deal of a great deal of happiness. But not because I just took the opposite view from it is not that they got a leg up courtesy of Townsend Corporation it's that they had that they were so good that they were sought out okay so okay. almost the other direct way of, yeah that's a better way of seeing it and that uh, that I think in my head I probably thought they'd achieved and were then headhunted rather than the other way around if that makes sense yeah uh, that's better Oh, okay. so yes okay. so wow they were you know rbg is awesome oh my god they were able to get her as well this is an even better place to be than i thought it was oh okay and now the, the ending of this and this is the bit where i i think the ending was probably the thing that sparked me up i said i need to talk to a woman about this more than anything else is so I I feel that there are when you have a uh, an oppressed people group there are two streams of thought as to when people say we want equality. So like you know people think we've been oppressed for so long what we want to do is that we want to put the people who've oppressed us in the same place that they've put us for years. That's number 1. So essentially we want to be we want our turn at the wheel to be the oppressors and number 2 there is Hang on, we want to get to the point where we're both working working equally on everything. And mm. yeah, and I wasn't sure when they had this final bit of this film. My question was, hang on, but where are all the men? Because quite frankly, men are a footnote in this film. And there's two ways of looking at that. Mm. There's, there's one way of looking like, well, there have been so many films made for so many years where women were the footnote. I mean, there, there were films we've spoken about in a couple of weeks, like The Irishman, women, footnote. So, like, um, and so it's like, oh, w women have been footnotes in films for so many years. Why shouldn't we have a film where men are the footnote? That, that's one way of thinking about it. And then another way of thinking of it is, hang on, how about showing a film in which men and women work together? And... I because my my me my leaning is for the men and women working together thing. It's like uh, when we spoke about Avengers Endgame. There's that scene in Avengers Endgame where you have like the parade of women walking up, and I thought that that was yeah. hackneyed and made my teeth hurt. But the bits where they show like you know Iron Man fighting back to back with um, Pepper Potts in her in her own armor, I was like, yes, men and women fighting together. Yeah, give me that. And so at the final, yes. the final scenes of this film, and I, I don't know, maybe it's saying we're going to focus on this because that's not been focused on for so long, but it did make me really think, hang on, where are the men? And are you saying you want a world in which men are kicked to the curb and women are put to the fore? Because that's just as bad as what we've had for ages, just the other way around. Yeah. So that just makes me think of the two Ronnies thing, doesn't it? The, the worm that turned and you think it becomes silly <laughs> i was just thinking of yeah just diana Dawes 
carrying it over all these weedy men. And so that's what I think of in those times. So I would say, no, we want it to be where it's no longer uh, uh, an issue that women, women and women are working alongside each other for the same goals. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but so but that was just my but that was my thing when I saw that final scene. But I but I as I said, I was really really aware that okay, look, I'm a man, and that scene might be something that some women might have needed to see for ages, and might be something yeah. that it might be made specifically for that woman. And I mean, so Holly, with you with your reaction to that final scene, and with what uh with what I've just said, I mean, could you just say something that brings something together and helps me out please well i think you're absolutely right uh that it's i thought it was a hugely enjoyable final scene to show what what could be achieved but it um but i absolutely agree that ultimately we should be we, we should be aspiring towards the point where we don't need to have films that highlight that women can do stuff too um yeah well, but, it's you know absolutely yeah it, it but the, the thing about it is that it seemed it seemed like it was saying women can do stuff too but but in this particular point it was at the expense of men mm. and yeah. that's i think we should be at the point where we don't need to make the point that anybody can do anything um because it's it's taken as read that people can do things and it's not you don't need to you don't need to stamp someone down in order to in order to lift yourself up Mm. And that's uh, certainly a sort of societal position that I think we should be looking, we should be looking towards. Yeah. You know, it's you lift, you 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 improve yourself by lifting everybody up, not the other way around. Mm. Yep, absolutely agree with that. All right, all right, cool. Because it's just sometimes uh, the the treatment of men in the film. I I kind of thought I think I get what you're going for here because women have been dealing with this stuff for for decades. Yeah. But but, but we were... don't need to play that game. I'm yeah. thinking, yeah, we don't need to play that game. It's like, for instance, the character Ralph, the the character of Ralph in the who was he's like. Um, there's a bit where they're in Germany and he's the he's the security guard who greets Naomi Scott every day when she comes in and oh yeah and then there's yeah. this the, and he asks her to smile and this is something that has become a bit of a lightning rod thing there was a scene in like this in Captain America in you know Captain Marvel where the man asks the woman to smile and there's so and from what I've seen there's been a lot of women who have been like yes for goodness sake I come and I didn't realize this was a thing that no yes yeah yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't realize it was a thing. Like you know, women being asked to smile. I mean, so Holly, okay, Holly, Holly, it was you just responded saying, "Oh yes, right." Oh yes, very, very much so. It is a, it is a near, what's well, a regular thing in life is, you know, smile. It's not that bad. You'll look prettier if you smile. And I've had people. I've been walking down the street, lost in my own thoughts, and had somebody to say, you know, smile. It's not that bad. I've had that in a. Oh, I had that in a pub sometime and I was waiting to order a drink and the guy standing next to me said something and I sort of half smiled because I wanted him to go away. And I got, oh, you look so much prettier when you smile. What? Mm. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so glad that my worth in life is connected to how pretty you think I may or may not be at this precise moment in time based upon how cheerful I'm feeling. Um, I managed to not swear, but it's close. Okay, okay. Very it's, close. You know, now, now this, I find this totally fascinating because... I mean, if I've ever told anybody to smile, for me, it's, I'm pretty sure I've, t I've said that to men as well. I mean, like, because I'm Nigerian and we, we, um, we even have a saying in Yoruba, which is fainye, which literally means show your teeth, i.e. smile. <laughs> and, and it and it gets it gets said to everybody like you know left right center usually by parents to kids when kids are in a in a sulk or something like that but but boys get told it as just as much as girls get told it so when all of a sudden that is it should have been Captain Marvel and people were up in arms going yeah finally oh can't believe it yes another man asking a woman to smile and I, and I I was literally like wait what what this is a thing <laughs> and, and yeah and. I'm I'm totally oblivious to it. I totally do not even. So, but you, but you say that that's something that happens to you regu regularly. Mm. Sharon, did you? Uh, less nowadays. I, I I will add as I am significantly closer to forty than thirty. It seems it's reduced over the years, but that sounds like a whole other conversation. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> That sounds like a whole other big hairy conversation. 
Okay. Yeah, we can save that one for another day. Okay. So for you... the next film of this ilk that comes out. <laughs> so you, oh, don't worry, Little Women, I've got it penciled in. But... <laughs> Yay! <laughs> So it's like so excited. Yeah, so it, or it'll be like oh, uh, it's like you, man. Why do you ask women? Why do you say women who are close to thirty should smile because they look prettier, but then you ignore them when they get to forty? Hmm. hmm? It's, it's because we stop existing. We know this. It's like oh my god. Hey, that ship has sailed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I see it at work when I go out, go out with the, the fresh young women in the team and notice people looking at them, and go wow. It's really creepy. Oh, <laughs> good like Lord. Just when I was young. Layers of uh, layers of sexism here. Oh, good Lord. I think oh, I know. <laughs> what it's... a can of worms you have opened here. It's like, it's like okay, so <laughs> is it sexist when you ask a woman to smile? And is it more sexist when you stop asking a woman to smile because she's grown older? Oh. <laughs> yeah, very oh. in- difficult questions. Okay, okay. So, oh, so but, but first first up, okay, um... So, okay, so that moment where Ralph asks her to smile and she has like a look on her face, which, and I think there's some filmmakers who have made a point of putting those sort of moments in films. So they've made a point of putting the moment in the films where a woman is asked to smile and what her, re- what her response is like, because it's like a lightning rod for a lot of women. And, but then when I talk about the treatment of men, then this Ralph guy, he ends up getting killed by something that Naomi Scott does. And it's hang on is somebody knocking things around is someone opening a microwave yeah that's me <laughs> okay actually i wasn't i was putting cutlery in a drawer okay. i told you i have to multitask okay 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 cool 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 do it quietly quietly wrap them in cling film or something <laughs> i've done it finished okay. all done all cutlery right. gone all right cool so he gets killed by some of the name scott does and it's kind of not really noticed it's kind of um, it's there's a bit of it that feels almost like they go yeah well but he was a he was a sleaze ball he asked her to smile therefore he deserved to die and yeah and the way it's treated and i'm kind of like whoa oh that is i find that a bit problematic i find it a, a bit yeah yeah, I, yeah agreed yeah i find it not as, a good moment yeah mm. I, I did not i was like Ugh. i mean they show a little bit that the character herself feels bad about it but then it's just totally just ignored. For, oh yeah, for, for about a minute. She was just, well, less than a minute. It was like, oh well, poor Ralph. Oh, okay, moving on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and I so there was bits about this where I was really enjoying the film. I was like, okay, cool. You're showing me a world that haven't existed. You're showing me that this whole smile thing is a big is a big problem. But the, but at the time, I wasn't sure whether the film was militantly against men. <laughs> Or just trying to pick up women, and there and there were little things about that, like you know the fact that there's pretty much no man in the film who's any good. Um, yes. The, yeah, and the fact that the man gets killed, but it's all right. Well, Jamon Jamon Hunsu, he's yeah. good. Yeah, he's good. He's good. And, and dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's good. Uh, we they had like Noah Centino, whatever his name is, the one who plays the geek. Who works with Naomi Scott? Yeah, the geeky one. Yeah, yeah. The geeky yeah. One. yeah, and he's he's he kind of has like the he's pretty they pretty much make him the damsel in distress, which was kind of funny, but <laughs> which is because they make this big hunky guy with like uh with a massive following. They make him the damsel in distress, and I I, I kind of enjoyed that. Um, yeah, but, but apart from that, I was just kind of like there were bits where I wasn't sure whether this film was saying women rise up and take down your oppressors or. <laughs> Or whether it was saying we have a world in which women can be just as valid and as um, noticed as men, uh, or whether it was saying we need to get rid of the men and replace them with women. Uh, so there were there were just bits in that that would just made me go, huh? What? What are you saying? Actually, let's just keep going on. This film is good. I really like Ella Belinska. She should carry. She should be in more stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I don't know what you guys thought about that. Yeah, that's one of the aspects of this sort of filmmaking that I'm slightly uncomfortable with because, you know, I don't, that's not what I, I don't think what most women aspire to. They don't want to have a, a sort of a, 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 you know, a solely women, surrounded by women. They like to have friends who are men and women. They like to have a social life or to work with different men, with men and women. And so I think to have it's like, you know, men are superfluous in the way that in some films women have been superfluous like i don't think women aspire to that and i think when it's sort of 
this been it's pushed in films i just think maybe that's why it just turns some women viewers off because I think then no, that's not actually what most women aspire to yeah. they don't want to be in a in an environment where it is just you know all for the women and the men are just superfluous it's like no i don't think that's what we want and that's not something what i want so when i mm. see that i'm thinking you're not selling me a story here that i actually want to buy well so, i really agree with that mm. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, end of end of point. Oh, thanks, Holly. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> no, I think it's I think it's absolutely I think it's absolutely spot on. It's that's not the world that most people want to live in, expect to live in. So it is a bit unappealing. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. It, there were just things like that, and I wasn't quite sure what it was that they were saying. And this was part of the reasons why I thought I really, really, really need to speak to a woman about this. So, so okay, but I think I've exhausted everything I wanted to talk about. Thank you guys so much for indulging me. And um, is there anything else that you'd like to say? Um, no, I will only say happy Christmas. <laughs> um, whether you are in an entirely all female environment or male environment or bit of both, I would say enjoy it, enjoy the company you're with, and um, be your best self. Ah, uh, cool. Oh, thank you, thank you very much. I will take that to heart, Holly. Yes, I, I mirror all of that. Happy Christmas, and I'm looking forward to watching it again when it's out on DVD. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, I really, really enjoy the film. It's it's one of my surprises of the year because I really thought yes, it was much better than I thought. Yeah, I, th- I thought I thought it would be I thought it would be a bad idea, but I was I really enjoyed the film. I thought it was great, more so than a certain massive blockbuster that Holly fell asleep in <laughs> in, the, in the last week. <laughs> But but, yeah. what, but but we would say anything about that. We would say anything about that uh, because oh, oh yeah okay I've got to shut up I've got to shut up because Sharon you're seeing it tonight. Tonight yeah I, I gather that's what you're talking about. It's like no no comments. <laughs> okay sorry sorry no comments no comments go see it tonight and then we can talk about it afterwards. And okay and, yes, no comments definitely yeah. no comments. Okay and uh, seen as my whole thing about this was that I was so so aware that I was a man. Sharon I would like to give you the last word. Would you please close us out in a typical Netflix or cinemas fashion? Well, you have been listening to Sharon on the Isle of Wight. You've been listening to Holly in London and Tozin currently in Essex. Is it Essex? Romford in Essex, yes. Essex. But we will wish you a goodbye. Enjoy whatever you're going to watch, whether it be Netflix or cinema. And we would just say, finally, goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. And happy Christmas. And I wish you all the best wishes for... Uh, 2020.